Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Action, the series where we hear from entrepreneurs from all over the world on how they bring success to their clients and build their own success in the process. I'm your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. Now let's get straight to it and hear from our next Entrepreneur in Action. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs in Action. Now today, I've got with me the lovely Fran Gleason. Hi Fran, how are you? Hi Warwick, I'm fine, thanks. Excellent. Now, Fran is going to be talking about us the five main reasons for bad luck and how we can avoid bad luck. And I'm really interested to find out more about that. So Fran, let's start with what qualifies you to talk about luck and luck as a concept. Tell me a bit, of, tell me a bit about that. Okay, well, Warwick, I'm going to be talking about luck from a, the perspective of feng shui. Right. And I have been a feng shui practitioner now for more than 10 years. I'm going to have to interrupt here. What is feng shui? Okay, well, feng shui is the relationship that we have between ourselves and our environment, particularly our living and working environments. So we look at energy in a building and we see how it supports the occupants in terms of their health, their wealth and their relationships. One of my masters um, describes feng shui as part architecture, part interior design, part building design and part town planning. Okay. So uh, feng shui, and I've heard others call it feng shui. And yeah, it's they're a, both correct. The same thing. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it stems from Chinese origins, is it? Yes, or? it's very, very old. It stems from before the Tang Dynasty, which was in the 1600s, but it was kind of crystallised during the Tang Dynasty. Right. And originally it, it was to do with the position of people's graves right? because the Chinese believed if you get the grave position right, well, then the DNA of the person in the grave and their luck will move on through down their descendants. Okay. So you've said you've been a, a, a feng shui consultant for 10 years or so. More than 10 years. More than 10 yeah. years. So tell me a bit about some of the, the things that you've done with some of your clients. What sort of successes or what sort of shifts have you made with them? Sure. Well, one of my earliest clients, which really was a big boost for me, was um, a factory. It was a nut factory, actually. And I was called in to look at it because they had problems with a lot of sickness with their employees and business wasn't doing so well. Um, the owner was open to it, although he wasn't the person who called me in. And I could see in the position of the factory in its surrounding environment um, the, the influences that might be leading to some of the sickness they were having. And so what I do is I balance the energies. I actually take an energy map of the building. It's based on the compass direction of the building and its age. And when it's a business, we have to activate certain of the chi that's inside the building. And chi is like, we don't have an equivalent in English. It's a bit like the closest we can get is energy or life force. So we're looking at how well that flows. And when energy flows as you know, most people accept now, that that means things go well. So the, the energy wasn't flowing well. So what I did was I balanced it and I balanced it with materials and colours and furniture placement. Not long after, they had an unexpected offer to someone wanted to buy, offering them far more than they'd ever thought the building was worth and they sold. 
<clears throat> so that wasn't what they'd planned, but it was a good outcome nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to put my cynical hat on. Good. Um, because uh, there would be quite a few people out there who are going, oh my, it's this mysticism, woo-woo, la-la kind of stuff. So uh, from a, a an entrepreneurial mindset, business, what's my return on investment perspective, I mean, what do, you, what do you say with that? What do you say when someone says to you, oh, my God, what a load of hokum, that's just woo-woo la-la? Yeah, well, people, feng shui isn't for everybody, mainly the sceptics, but there has been hundreds, thousands, millions of people around the world who can testify to the benefits that it's brought to them. Some of them quite well known, for example, Donald Trump and Bill Gates. Um, a lot of big companies like Vogue, uh, in Australia, use feng shui, and we all we've all heard the adage that if you change your environment, you change your life. Well, that essentially stems from feng shui, mm. and I notice now there's a lot of feng shui principles that are in our mainstream parlance, if you like. You know, we know that, for example, if we're in business and we, um, let's say, move away from the kinds of clients who we feel drain us, well, then often what happens is that better clients come our way. Okay. And that's the same in a building. It's, it's like we're dealing with flow. Those clients who drain us are like blocking our flow. So when we're dealing with the flow of a building, we're actually working on a level that we somehow all understand, um, but it's we have to translate it into practical terms for people to really grasp. And it's often only once a sceptic has had a consultation that then they often become my biggest fans, <laughs> particularly husbands. Yeah, husbands, they, they can be a tad sceptical. Um, and uh, you, you mentioned Donald Trump, and I heard it said when Donald Trump was first introduced to the concept that he said, you mean that if I move things around in my house and my office a bit, I will make more money. And basically the, the response was, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. He's like, all right, I'm going to do that. Uh, so it wasn't that he was a firm believer in it, but he's just like, I, I, if it doesn't cost me anything, all I've got to do is move a few things around and change a few things. Why would I not do it? Um, and um, I, I've heard him referred to many times by people talking about feng shui and how uh, he's now become a quite a strong supporter of it. Mm. But getting back to what you're talking about in terms of the negative energy coming off clients, I think many entrepreneurs do reach that level of success when they start sacking their clients. Exactly. The ones who struggle to pay, always have an excuse for not doing what they said they'd do. Mm. Um, so there is a lot of uh, validity in, in what you're saying there. So what what are some of the things we've talked about? You know, five reasons for bad luck. So, what are some of the reasons for bad luck that that you come across in in the work environment or in in people's lives? Sure. One of the biggest ones is the external environment to a building. Um, we we have um, we probably would say that the external environment is even more important than the internal environment. Um, I'm thinking in terms of your building being um, overshadowed by much larger buildings or sharp corners pointing towards your building or very ugly views. They, they're, they're, they're termed sha chi and they have an impact on us whether we're actually consciously aware of it or not. 
for example, if you're sitting inside your building in your office and your view is only a big, strong, solid brick wall, that can impact on you. You can feel hemmed in. It can cloud your thinking or restrain your thinking. If I was to come in and turn you round so your back was to that wall, you would actually probably feel supported and you would feel more focused. So with a lot of entrepreneurs, we work out of home offices. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like I'm thinking of my own home office that I work out of a lot. And I've got to tell you, my garden is not that flash. <laughs> um, and the suburb that I live in, it's okay. It's pretty pleasant. But I don't have much control over the pointiness of the building next door or um, not too far away from me. I've got high power lines and I've got a freeway not too far away. So what sort of things can I do? Like if I do have this... A not pleasant view or the or a bit of pointiness. What kind of things can I do? Sure, there are some things we can do. If we can't see them, mm-hmm. they're not going to affect us. Right. So if you were to grow a beautiful tree mm-hmm. to place it between you and the pointy building, yes, then that is um, going to be really beneficial. Okay. You mentioned freeways and the noise of freeways. Mm. That is a major one, and that shatters the energy in the area. And I have known houses that have otherwise had good feng shui, Mm. but because they live near a freeway, they weren't doing so well. Right. So in those cases, when you can constantly hear the noise of the freeway, Mm. I'd have to say I would recommend that those people move. (laughs) Sorry, Warwick, you've got to go to domain No, look, the good news is is I don't hear it when I'm inside the house. Okay, all right. So from what you're saying is because I don't hear it when I'm inside the house, that's pretty much It okay. helps. It yeah. certainly helps. But it's still not bringing you the best possible energy that, right. that to help with your okay. well-being. Good to know. I'll have a chat to wifey and we might have to move. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the, you know, so we've talked about the, the, the physical location, the externals. What are some of the other reasons for bad luck? Okay, the entrance to a home is really important. I don't know how many homes I've been into where I walk in the front door and people have their shoes stacked there and they've got coats hanging over hooks that impede your progress through the hallway. It's not a good look. Mm -hmm. And it might well be a wealthy home that has this situation. Mm. The front entrance is what we call the mouth of chi. Mm-hmm. And if the chi can't get in properly, then it can't circulate throughout the house. So the best thing is to have a clean, minimalist, fresh-looking entrance uh, so that when a person comes in, they feel that it's there's, there's space in this house for them, that mm-hmm. they're welcome, that, um, that it, there's room to move. And it's the way that's the way chi operates. The outside is important too. So that I remember a story about a house I had to go to once, and I got to their front gate. There was a a car with four flat tires in the front garden. I had to hack my way to the front door because there were <laughs> trees overhanging the pathway. On the front veranda, there was a table with dead batteries and dead plants and. The front door wouldn't open properly because it was an old man inside and he yeah. he was grief-stricken because his wife had died and right. he was scared. So at night he had a cupboard that he would put across the door from the inside because he was worried about burglars. So during the day, the door didn't open properly. Then when I went inside, it actually had quite a wide hallway, 
but it was full of books and chairs and things on the floor. So the actual walking space was quite thin. So he'd actually put into his environment the way he was feeling inside and it was only causing blockages in him that were represented in blockages in his home and making things worse. So the entrance is super important. Nothing could get in and he was getting sicker and sicker. So would that be the f- fair to say that it's the same thing for a corporate office as well? Like Absolutely. You, you want it to come in and, and I think we've all been into to company headquarters or go into the corporate office and if they've got the beautiful big pictures, it's light and airy, they've got a welcoming smile on the receptionist, you know, it just, you you feel more welcomed. It's absolutely. There's no accident that very wealthy homes have big doors, big hallways, big corporate offices know the symbolism of space. The wide space is symbolic of wealth. Mm. We are successful, this is saying. So it's interesting. I've got a, a cultural juxtaposition in my head here where you're talking about um, a lot of the, the feng shui has come from Chinese, yet stereotypically Asian families don't like you to wear your shoes in the house. And so it's, it is the front door where you're going to find piles of shoes. In my area, we have a lot of Chinese, Indians, Sri Lankans, etc. And we, as you drive past, you see their shoes on, on the front. So what's your thoughts around, around that? Is that like stick your shoes somewhere else or what are your thoughts? No, Asian people will tend to put their shoes on the outside. Yes. Not the inside. Yeah. I was actually talking about the inside. Oh, right. Okay. So it's that once you step over the, the door the frame. The threshold, exactly. That's to be clear. That's oh, significant. Because right. you're right, it is. It's the, the shoes are all on the outside. Yeah. Which I, amazes me. I'm thinking if I need a pair of shoes, I can walk past the middle of the night and there's a whole stack of them just sort of <laughs> sitting there. But if a house has good feng shui, there's less likelihood for you to burgle it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so we've talked about the outsides of, of the building. We've talked about the entrance foyer. What What are some of the other f- of the five? Okay, so one other one is, I kind of hinted at it before when I was talking about the old man. Um, we put objects in our home that can sometimes send messages that we're not even aware we're sending because objects have chi. So I'm thinking here of, in particular, artwork that we put in our homes that mm-hmm. can that can go against what we actually want to bring into our lives. Right. I'm thinking of a couple, one of my clients, there was a couple who had relationship problems and above their bed was a picture of an iceberg. <laughs> and they had no idea yep. of how that was actually probably contributing to their mm. situation. Um, you'd be surprised at the number of adult women who might be single but who have their childhood toys on their bed. Right. Um, there was a male, he actually wasn't a client, but he, but if he had been, I would have helped him. He was looking for a partner, but he'd travelled the world and he had a whole collection of beautiful goddesses, statues and images, and they just filled his house. And I thought, you want a partner? How could a mere mortal cope with that mm. message that you're sending? So we... We do this without realising what we're doing and it takes someone else to come in and say, look, do you, do you know that your house is sending one message and you're actually wanting another? Um, 
you're counteracting it and you're only contributing to your bad luck. Mm. All right, so having having pieces of, of whether it be art or um, just different things that you have around that. We all seem to have knickknacks, don't we? Like I've, I don't think I've ever been in a house where there's not a knickknack, something they've picked up from somewhere, be it whether they've been travelling or whether they, you know, their kids made them something that can look really fabulous or less than fabulous. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is be very mindful about where you what you put where. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with having knickknacks. It's um, it only becomes a problem if you don't like them. Mm. If your child made something that's not so charming, you love the child and that's what you see when you see that object. So that's okay. But if you've got things there like um, a present that you hate and you hang on to it because a friend gave it to you, you don't want to offend them, that comes under the realm of clutter. Mm. Um, if you've got a picture of your husband's mother-in-law looking fairly... Um, <laughs> Um, judgmental on the wall, well, you know, that is a constant reminder. Um, there's there's a time when an object goes from being something that's loved to something that is causing you to to be stressed without maybe you even realising it. So you talked about clutter. Um, most fridges that I know of <laughs> ha- are covered in... <laughs> from one of a more technical term. You know, there's either bills or pictures or magnets or, um, and photos, um, invites, a whole lot of stuff. How much does that impact, like having that kind of clutter? Because there's this balance between my house feels lived in. I can see there's life going on and clutter build up old stuff. So what are your thoughts around that? The fridge. Yeah. I, I don't actually mind that. Okay. I see that as liveliness. I see it as uh, represents a, a you know a rich family life. Yeah. Of course, if it's full of one kind of category, like a bill, yeah, a million bills that haven't been paid. Yeah. Well, of course, that's a message you're sending that yeah. life's getting out of control. Right. So you have to be, yeah, your word. You have to be mindful of what is there. Mm. But if it's your children's artwork or uh, phone numbers you need of of essential services. Well, that that tells me you're kind of in control of your life. Mm. You've got things there that are going to add to it, not take away. It's really interesting because uh, we're talking about the whole concept of feng shui and and having the the right energy in a house. And even for those cynics among us, uh, who it's amazing you can walk into a house and go, this house has a great feel. You can tell a family lives. You can tell there's love in the room. Mm. And there's other places you'll go in and go, oh, my God. It's just it's like whether they've gone way too minimalist or it's just intensely white and it just it feels mm. sterile almost. Yeah. So th- this is really what we're talking about. So it's just taking that gut feeling to another level, really, isn't it? Spot on. Um, when a house has good a good feel, it's... That's essentially good feng shui. Yeah. Okay. Houses can look good, but not necessarily feel good. Okay. And a house that is too minimalist and all white and clinical um, doesn't have good feng shui. That would be a house that I would say is too yang and not balanced between the concept of yin and yang, which is kind of the male-female aspect. So which one's female, which one's male? Yin. So yin's male, 
Yin's female. Yin's female. Male is the yang. Yang, right. Yeah. Good. Okay. So uh, we've covered three of the five reasons. So we've talked about having the good outside. We've talked about having the good entranceway. Uh, we've talked about having the the, uh, the the objects in the the mindful placement of objects. What's the fourth reason? Um, the fourth is kind of the what the consultant would pick up by doing an analysis. You, every home has an energy map, which I read, and the the map um, uh, indicates where different kinds of chi chi uh, are in your home. And different chi have different natures. We've got chi for um, romance. We've got chi for creativity. Chi for writing skills, academic success. We've got chi for conflict. So when I do a home, I look to see where the different kinds of chi are. And they came there when the building was built, okay? And um, if I see there's conflict in a bedroom, for example, well, then I know that that's an area I need to work on. And often I find that the couple are having conflict. If I if I um, see that there there's wealth energy that's landed in the bathroom or the laundry, well, then that's sad, Okay. Um, so it's the way the chi is distributed throughout the house and the way rooms are used as well as how the occupants match the chi that can either lead to good luck or bad luck. Right. And my job is to come in and balance it. Okay. And so uh, how would you measure the energy or the chi in different rooms? Is it... Is it something you do via feel or is it just you look at the positioning of different things? I have to feel it. Right. That comes first. And then I use my analysis, which um, I divide a home into eight sectors Mm -hmm. and I know from formulas what energies are in each area. But they don't necessarily have to be active. Um, it's actually to do with the external forms of the house that will make something active. If there's a big mountain outside where there shouldn't be, like a mountain would help a yin, a good yin chi, uh, but not a, a yang chi, well then that's you know, that could affect my finances. If there's a big swimming pool outside in an area where I would prefer a mountain or a tall building, well, then that could affect my health. So that's what I'm looking at. With some of the new, uh, colloquially referred to as McMansions, or people are chopping up their backyard and putting, um, you know, a different unit on the back and that kind of stuff, what sort of impact does that have? Well, it it varies. It depends on depends on a number of things. First of all, it can be good because the, behind our house we do actually need a structure to give our home support. That's much better than having a big open area. People in the house don't necessarily feel so secure when there's a big open area behind them. Um, however, I have had clients where the the new building at the back was really, really tall and they felt dominated and um, not safe that way. They felt looked down upon, um, even if the windows were glazed. Um, new buildings, yeah, they do have an impact. Sometimes they can have a good impact. Right. People will say, oh, we're just 
since that building went up next door, we've just noticed things have been better. Okay, great. All right, so we've covered uh, four of the the reasons for good luck, um, which are, this is going to test my memory. Uh, the first one was the externals, then we had the entranceway, then we had the clutter in the house, then we were talking about the energy map. What's the fifth one? Okay, well, the Chinese actually believe in several kinds of luck. Um, one of them is what we call heaven luck, but it's essentially a destiny. So I do Chinese astrology, which is what this is. And Chinese astrology is not something set in concrete. I have to say that from the beginning. We do have a lot of control over our lives. So if you were born, for example, and um, you had, uh, uh, let's say in one year, I could see that you had the chance of breaking a leg or hurting a part of your body. Now, if your chart is balanced, which is what I do with people, just the same as I do with a house, you might still have an accident, but it might be the difference between breaking a leg or just stubbing your toe. So I work with your chart to help you make decisions about how you lead your life. Okay. And we go through stages. They're often 10-year stages of of times when our wealth, for example, will be better than others. So if you know, for example, that there's 10 years coming up where your wealth might be down a bit, well, then you can start saving now and you can um, you can put things in place to, to weather those bad times. But this, I guess this is a sixth form of bad luck. There's another luck called man luck, and that's what we bring. It's our attitude to life that can make all the difference. And feng shui is not everything. Feng shui is one of several systems of luck. So if, you, if you're angry all the time, you're going to contribute to your own bad luck. There's no doubt about it. But if you have... A, um, if you have a if you're in a time of bad luck well then i often advise people to go and do some study for example to add to their skills and their knowledge and that gives them more control over things okay so from from an entrepreneur or a business owner's point of perspective yeah what would be the benefits of getting someone like you to come in and have a look at their business where it's located their their, their processes what what would okay. be the benefits well, I had a business I did the other day. The nature of their business was actually very good. It matched what they did. So first of all, I was able to tell them that. And then secondly, um, the layout of the offices needs to match the people who are in them. So we talked about that. And then um, we talked about how they could use the spaces better. For example, you want you want the more challenging energies to go in the the toilet area, for example, you don't want them in the reception area. You you want um, the good uh, meeting places to be in areas where the nature of the chi will generate good discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, the the door is really important. Once again, you, you if you get all of that sorted out, you're going to attract good business, and um, the. The um, the the reception area. This is a a more advanced form. Is that the reception area actually needs to be quite strategically positioned in relation to doors, and that can make all the difference to what comes in the door. Okay. Okay. What about again going back to a home office? We're talking about the importance of a reception desk and where it is to the door. So if someone's working out of a home office, so you're not likely to have too many clients come there. No. 
How important is it as to which room in the house is your home office and and where it's sort of positioned in the house? Like, does that all come in under the energy map you were talking about before? Sure. Well, first of all, I would work out which area has energies that would be good for an office. But if you're working from home, let's say it's a home business, it's really a good idea that the home business has its, se- its own separate door. And, and so it's quite distinctly different to the rest of the house. Yeah. Where you sit is really important too because we we always say that the boss needs to be against a wall that has really good energies. We we each have our own personal element. We work with elements. So you might be metal, mm-hmm. fire, wood, earth, water. But you need to be against a wall that will nourish you, all right? not clash with you. Right. If, if, I, if it's clashing, we need a bridge, an element between you and the wall. And then you feel better, you work better, you're more productive. You need to be also um, able to see who's coming in the door, even if no one is, right? Even if most of your work is online or by yep. phone. And um, there are other. There's lots of other things we can do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it sounds like there's a whole stack of things we haven't even touched on. No, color. this is just giving like you know. I know there is some people I know who talk about branding and color and feng shui and how yes. it sort of fits together. So yeah. there's a whole lot of stuff. So it's, look, we've covered. You know, some really good the the five main reasons for for bad luck in in business and and in homes and and how we can avoid them. So, Fran, if people want to get in touch with you and either understand more about how you can help or or have a consultation or something, how can they how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, I have a website. And what's your website? Uh, com. So that's www.frangleasonfengshui. So that's F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I dot com. Uh, we were talking before and you said you've got an e-book and, and a newsletter and stuff. Yes, they, can, uh, they can download my e-book called From Frustration to Flow. Excellent. And I have a blog. You could follow me on my blog. You can join up my newsletter, which is called The Feng Effect. And that comes out every month with case studies, tips, <clears throat> and uh, my little thoughts on different um, aspects of feng shui or Chinese astrology. And you could give me a call. I'm always available for a chat. And my number is 0437-072-027. So that's Fran Gleeson from Fran Gleeson Feng Shui on 0437 Fran, thank you so much for coming in today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, Warwick. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs in Action. We look forward to having you next time on the show. You've been listening to Entrepreneurs in Action, proudly brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Alliance Inner Circle. They work with entrepreneurs to create wealth, freedom and connections. You can find out more about them at www.eaic.com.au. Well, that's it for this edition of the Entrepreneurs in Action. Thanks for joining me. I've been your host, Warwick Merry from warwickmerry.com. I look forward to joining you next time for another episode of Entrepreneurs in Action. <laughs>